When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio, and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed plus lots of bonus content including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A so do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so maybe even strangers in the street love you Hi, this is Martin, producer of The Big Interview, and I'd like to welcome you to our Icon series, where we shine a light on a legend whose name has lit up some of the conversations Graham has had with his guests over the years. This episode focuses on David Beckham. When he was player assistant at Preston North End, David Moyes initially didn't think the young Beckham was strong enough to take on a loan deal from Manchester United. But he was soon filled with admiration for the attitude of the midfielder, his industriousness and sheer will to make the best out of his talents. Sven-Goran Eriksson speaks about the charismatic presence of Beckham when he steps into a room. It was delirious chaos whenever David was in Sven's England squad, because he was mobbed by press photographers and fans wherever they went. When he was a Leicester City boss, the Swede asked the superstar to finish his career in the East Midlands, But Victoria soon put the kibosh on that idea. We chatted with Jamie Carragher about his book The Greatest Games. When describing the 1999 Champions League final between Manchester United and Bayern Munich, Jamie argued that Bex's display that famous night and his abilities in general are underrated. As president of Real Madrid, Ramon Calderon wanted to sign players who weren't just great talents, but who also had character and box office appeal. Beckham fulfilled all of these criteria, and his unveiling was watched by one of the largest worldwide TV audiences ever. It wasn't easy getting the deal over the line, because Sir Alex Ferguson didn't want to lose David. Ramon gushes with praise for Bex, paying tribute to his strength and adversity and his incomparable professionalism. During his last season in Spain, he responded brilliantly to criticisms that had been levelled at him. Instead of sulking and biding his time until his move to LA Galaxy, he gave everything from Madrid, who won the title by a whisker. 
Enjoy. that was pivotal for you was Lancashire particularly with Preston as a player and then becoming a coach you had promotions you had playoffs if I'm not wrong you had David Beckham in your dressing room mm, we did what the hell was that about we came really close at Preston we were very very close to getting a club like that into the big league we lost on the day to Bolton and we didn't go up and I really wish I could have got Preston in the, in the Premier League that was one of my big regrets that I didn't get them there but David Beckham did come, and David Beckham was fantastic. As a boy, his attitude, his commitment was, oh, second to none. And all the stories you used to hear about him standing out, taking free kicks in the young days and corner kicks, he'd done all that. The best part of it was, I was assistant manager at the time, and David Beckham was playing for Manchester United reserves against Aston Villa reserves. It was at Walsall, I can remember the game. Gary Peters was the manager. And we both drove down. Gary Peters was a great worker. You know, went out and saw the games and looked at the players. He was a very good worker. Went down to the game and I was still a player. I was the centre-half in the team and assistant manager. And we went down and uh, we watched him. And I remember we came away in the car and I'm saying, I don't think he's strong enough for us, Gary. I don't think David Beckham's strong enough, not physically going to be strong enough to play in the team. You know, a bit weak-looking. Gary says, no, he's good enough. Don't you worry, he'll be good enough for the team. And I remember it. And he was right. David Beckham came in and was was a star. Only came for a month, and I think the best part of it, he went back after the month, and Sir Alex put him back, you know, in the United team, and really the rest is, is history from there. Had the month helped David a lot? I bit? do think the month had helped. I think his humility as a boy. We got promoted that season, and it was at Orient, and David Beckham came into the dressing room with his dad, and I thought that was a big a big touch. He didn't forget the month or so. It had with us, so I can only say good things about David Beckham. I think it stands out that, apart from whatever talent he was born with, his work ethic has been extraordinary, and his determination has been extraordinary. And they landed lucky maybe being a good group of boys, all of whom mm. wanted to rise like mm. he did, working for a mm-hmm. tremendous man-manager mm-hmm. as well at a big club. But, you know, he, he possibly, I would say without being flattering you, at all, he shares a work ethic with you. I think you share that determination to, to leave everything out there, not to be embarrassed about leaving everything out there. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people, I think, would like to pretend it's easier. Mm-hmm. I can handle this mm-hmm. and I do it. But maybe Scots in general. But I know mm-hmm. you yeah. put everything out there. And Beckham did too, I think, didn't yeah. he? He did. I think David Beckham got the best out of everything he had. He practised. He made himself better. You know, and, and everything he got, he went on to be... I mean, he is probably one of the, the most worldwide-known football players in the world now. It's extraordinary to think about, given, you know, coming into the Preston dressing room as a, as a youngster, 94, yeah, 5, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he came in and, and he settled in. He actually scored direct from a corner and he was renowned at that time, you know, for his dead balls and, and his free kicks. And, and you know, he, he was. He went out and he practised. And It's simple to say, but a lot of the players, practice is the thing you yeah. need to keep doing. For young players, you know, whatever your position, whatever your skills are, you know, Practice is a thing you need to really pick up and keep working on. If Beckham comes in, it's elect- electric. You're, very, mean, you're a very surprising man. No, no, it is. Beckham. If Beckham sits there, you will love him after 30 seconds. And I don't know why. Because he will not say one word. Mancini is a little bit like that. He doesn't talk very much. But he has not the presence of Beckham. Beckham is 
outstanding. It must be. I never seen a, a sport character, not only footballer like that. Inc- he's. I don't know what he has. Beckham, dedicated athlete, brilliant crosser of the ball, successful footballer, now a successful brand. Yeah, decent guy. But I couldn't have anticipated you said what you said there about his no, presence, no, no. and also not knowing what it is. Maybe we're not meant to know what it is. I don't know, but you know, having the national team going to to England now uh, with <laughs> Beckham—that's one thing. Having the national team, if he for some reason would would not be there, that's another thing. It's calm. It's like a normal team. When Beckham is there, it's chaos, totally chaos, and especially from the media and from the fans. Yeah, they they they're getting crazy. And the players I had, they knew all this. So when the bus stopped at the hotel after training or outside, 500 people want autographer. And they, the, people, the players said, David, you go first. Yeah. And, and Lampard, Gerard, Michael Owen, they just went in for lunch. <laughs> no one was there. <laughs> Incredible. So he was quite useful like that. Yeah. And but, he... He stands there and he said, boss, I will be late for lunch. Yeah, I can see that, I think. <laughs> because he writes for everybody. My experience of him is that there's a good person in there, decent person. Oh, I know his dad, I like his dad, I don't the rest of the family, but there's a good person there. A very good person. Uh, he, he's difficult to say no. Once I was in Leicester and I was on a dinner for football dinner. So David was there with Victoria. And he was in America. And there were rumors that he will stop playing. And I said to him, come to Leicester. Finish your career in Leicester. And we go up and, yeah, maybe, maybe. He said, because he can't say no. <laughs> He's too kind. <laughs> He's too nice. And then after a while, Victoria stands there. And she said, Sven, can you see me in Leicester? <laughs> <laughs> I have to respect that. Anybody with a sense of humour, I have to respect. And I said, there are some good restaurants. Yeah. We lived in Madrid, David said, and that was not posh enough for my wife. (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. to another chapter that we have to speak about um, one of our socios has written in to ask you uh, no sorry Betty C5 have written in to ask you be honest what was your feeling how did you react when 
Oli Gunnar Solskjaer scored against Bayern Munich in 1999 and, and, and United had, had done it and, and won the treble, won a Champions League, which is Liverpool's territory. But, you know, a secondary one from that is that when we sat down in his home by the lake up in Sweden and spoke to Sven Jorn Eriksson, he's a great storyteller and, and you call him an unremarkable coach and you make the case well in the book, which, you know, if people don't read My Greatest Games by Jamie Carragher, they're making a mistake or buy it as a present. Sven, you talk about as being an interesting guy and that people liked him as an individual, but an unremarkable coach. When Sven was telling us his stories, and they were remarkable stories, and this is a man who'd taken in some refugees, some, I think, um, Afghan asylum seekers who had no money, no food, and he'd housed them at the bottom of his garden just because he's a good man. Astonishing thing. And in the middle of his interview... He started talking about... He was comparing Gianluca Vialli and, and particularly Roberto Mancini and, and just drooling over them as a, as a coach, as an appreciator of football. And then he said, but they're not David Beckham. And he talked about David Beckham in a reverential style that from another grown-up man in football I haven't heard. You can appreciate him. People catalogued his, his looks, his style, his wins... People were very good at talking about his, his delivery of the ball. Sven Goran Eriksson was enthralled to him. Just thought he was one of the most am- amazing men he'd ever come across. And that links us forward, as does the Holly Gunnar Solskjaer cheeky question, to your appreciation, because going back to 99 and Camp Now, you've got a different view of the way in which Bayern Munich, again, funny how they come up. It's been a, it's been a bad night for the Germans and the Bavarians uh, so far. But you you feel differently about how that game is portrayed and unlucky Bayern Munich and and, the, and Beckham's part in that match. Yes, and I actually watched that game. Would you believe in a uh, in a casino in Las Vegas? Uh, I was on holiday, and it was all over with the time zones. And I'm watching this, and I was watching it with another Liverpool player, Dominic Matteo, and uh, he was not as say uh, pumped up as as I was to see Manchester United uh, lose that game and. There was a complete contrast in emotions when uh, the final whistle was made. He just got on with the rest of his night and I was just like, felt like I wanted to go home on the next flight. But I, I watched that game and again, that's one of the perfect ones. There was a narrative. Bayern Munich are winning 1-0. They hit the post, they hit the crossbar and Man United scored two in the last minute. How have they won? The luckiest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I watched the game. Man United deserved to win that game. Uh, Bayern Munich played that game like they were playing an away game in Europe where they get the early goal and we're getting our clean sheet. And, and Man United weren't at the best. But I thought the performance from David Beckham was outstanding. I thought he was the best player on the pitch by a long way. And again, something that's never been mentioned because it's all about Solskjaer and Sheringham coming off the bench and winning the game. There was no Keane in that game. There was no Scholes. You have to remember Beckham then went to central midfield. He's still only 23. He's still a young man. 23, 24, around there. And the responsibility he took in that game of taking the set pieces he normally did, but getting on the ball, demanding the ball, making passes, supporting the, uh, the front players, still getting into wide positions and making crosses. And I actually think he's one of the most underrated players of our time. And people will say, don't be so stupid. People are overblue Beckham. Well, he didn't overblow him. He got more attention because... He, was, he, he looked like a, a pop star. He, he went out with a pop star. He, he had this glamorous lifestyle. 
But his actual ability and his work rate, I think, is undermined. Where to the to the point where people always talk about Paul Scholes being amazing. I don't hear no one say nothing about Beckham. Paul Scholes was amazing, but I, I very rarely hear anyone speak about David Beckham as a player once he finished. And watching that game again, and I didn't go in with any preconceived ideas about his performance as such. But when I watched the game, I got on the phone to Gary Neville straight away and I said, listen, I'm not trying to sell the book here by getting Beckham in it. I said, but I need to speak to David Beckham because I've never heard anyone really speak about his performance, really, and how good it was. And yes, Man United weren't at their best. But if I'd, I'd, I'd urge anyone who disagrees with me to go back and watch the game again. And how many half chances United are getting and getting. And you don't. We shouldn't forget as well the goals they score. They're not great goals. The 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 great chances. I mean, it'd be difficult for Sheringham to miss. It'd be difficult for Solskjaer. I know he only sticks the boot out, but he's right in front of goal. So when we talk about Bayern Munich hitting the post and hitting the crossbar, they that comes from an overhead kick, and it comes from Mehmet Schultz and a chip Schmeichel from the edge of the box. So they would have been great goals. The they weren't, go- they weren't efforts where you should say he should have scored. It was a great chance. No, it was a great ability that almost got them a goal. Whereas the difference with United was they had big chances late in that game, really. And a metric we use now, to maybe a bit too statistical for some people, but is expected goals that we look at now. And, and some people get it, some people don't. So that, that's fine. But Man United in that game, when the game was analysed in this day and age, if you like, with that tool, Man United were streets ahead of Bayern Munich within that game. So it almost, it was nice for it something else to prove my point. Because even when I say it to people, people just think, no, I can't understand it. So please watch the game. The one, the one, the guy who, in our first chat um, for the podcast, you just had dinner with Alec Ferguson. It was hands across the divide. And it was interesting to hear the respect he had for you. Not necessarily what you had for him, but... I like that, I warm to that, but you're quoting exactly what Alex Ferguson has always said about the game. In retrospect, once the glory dies down and the treble dies down and he says to Steve McLaren, never mind extra time, we're winning this now and blah, blah, blah. He has perpetually said, by a minute, we're too conservative to try to shut up shop. We deserve to win. We play better. So your eyes are telling the same story as Fergie has retrospectively. And, I th- and I, it's also, you point out that, you know, there's a narrative that there was a, a late scramble, throwing of the dice, Speckham went right, the ball came in, and, and you don't even really buy into that narrative. And uh, people should go and read this chapter. When you signed Beckham as part of the junta, part of the directorate, it was from Manchester United. When you signed Van Nistelrooy, it was from Manchester United. What was it like doing business with uh, Manchester United? Uh, difficult. Yes. Uh, Ferguson at the time didn't want to sell him as he didn't want to sell uh, Cristiano. When I signed him, I'll tell you the story after, oh, yes. afterwards. But it's amazing when we're talking about what is football, what football means for the society... There is an anecdote. When we signed Beckham, we, we decided to introduce him to the press at 11 o'clock because he's got the time to make up the news in Asia, where he's very popular. 1,000 journalists were attending that uh, introduction. It was the largest live t- 
TV audience after Diana's funeral princess. It's something amazing that gives you an idea of what, what means football and what means people like Beckham. It, it's something unbelievable, but uh, it was like that. So it's the idea we had to bring people like him, good players, but also with the attraction for the people, for the audience. They must for, have both. They must have both. We, as I said before, we forgot that. But talking about uh, Ferguson, he was not interested, of course, in losing him. And after that, he had... We, with Van Nistel, we hadn't that problem because he... They had he fallen out completely, yeah, the he, two he of them. He wanted to get rid of him. Yes. So Beckham, I have to say, haven't seen a professional like him in that season. Everything was against him. And I admit that I was also, in some way, I was um, not really happy with him and... I said him uh, something that wasn't really the right thing to say, and, and Capello also. But he came back. He didn't say anything against anyone. So professional as no one I've seen ever. Because the normal thing to say when you are going to leave is February. The coach has punished you and say come back to play with us and say no, I'm not going to play. Or just small holiday until June. Yeah, I'll keep keeping my salary, yeah, but okay. if you don't want me, I, I'm not going to do that. It was completely the opposite. Tell me the sign you put up in the dressing room again. What did the sign you put in the dressing room say? If you <laughs> if you fight, you can lose, but if you don't, you're lost. Beckham loves nothing. Brilliant professional, oh, br- brilliant. great footballer, decent man, good man, but he loves nothing better than adversity. You know, I, I things are say, against him. I've said many times it's difficult to find a player of that level at that time when he was going to to fly to LA. He got everything done in his life, and he said, "No, no, I'm going to do this until the end." And he was those three months just pushing as no other one, committed with the team until the last moment. So. I praised him always for that. Really a professional. is a man that really worth having what he's got in, in, in life. You, I remember when he was reinstated to the team up in Anoeta. They were losing to Real Sociedad and he scored this great goal they over go, Claudio Bravo. That was the moment when I thought, hello, something's happening here. And it was a beautiful fight because people yeah. outside look at Real Madrid. Like you said, the misconception about they were Franco's club, they were false... Also, there's a misconception that Real Madrid can only win when they're on top and big and big star. But they fought that year. They fought. If you could have taken one player from Britain to your club, you can choose any era, any era. Well, Who I, would it have been? I've, I said before Beckham. Because what he did for me, apart from what he did on the pitch, on the field, that was really important in many senses, the way he behaved in the last moments, in the worst moments, is when you know the big man. And he was, he, he behaved like a big one. It's uh, really difficult to find someone, as I said before, with Iker Raul, surrounded by stars coming from abroad, having a player like Beckham at that situation, at that moment, and behaving and reacting as he did. For me, is something that is just to... You say hats off? Hats off, chapeau, hats we off say here. for him in that uh, moment. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true. Graham Hunter and Backpage. 
Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.